This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Recollections Radio. Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you, old and new, of life in Dunedin. Bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive. Thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project. Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Good morning to you and welcome to Recollections Radio. Jill and I in the studio today. Hello, Jill. Good morning. How are you going? I'm very well. You had a great weekend? I had a very good weekend. Actually, I went to the theatre. Nice. (laughs) What did you see? I went and saw uh, uh, Matt and Ben, which was the uh, first production by the new theatre company, the Dollhouse Theatre Company at the um, Athenaeum Theatre. How cool. So, yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> so are they a Dunedin-based company? Yes, or? yeah, yeah. So Fabulous. Just, this is their first production, and uh, so it was uh, featuring the story of uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and the you know the mysterious script for uh, Goodwill Hunting falling out of the sky. How bizarre. <laughs> and the great thing was, so it was a play written by um, Mindy Kaling and Brenda Withers, and uh, so one of the stipulations has, is that the... Um, the characters have to be played by women, so that's quite nice. Even better. Even better. better. <laughs> How, I mean, it gets bizarre by the minute, but it's but it sounds like a really interesting premise. It was, yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. So I'm Excellent. waiting for production number two to find out what that is. So. so is that a run or is it? Is that it was just four four shows, okay. so it finished over the weekend. Oh. Like a blip, a wonderful blip. Well, another wonderful blip was the uh, the mousetrap that the Playhouse Theatre had on at the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, Playhouse Theatre in Albany Street recently presented a sell-out production of The Mousetrap by Agatha Christie. Um, it was, before clo- COVID closed it briefly, the longest-running West End show. So it was nice to have it coming wow. to Dunedin um, with the Playhouse Theatre cast of course Um, the original show ran continuously from 1952 until March 2020 till blimmin Covid got in the way and then it reopened again when it was deemed safe for audiences to congregate in May 2021 it recorded its 5000th performance in 1964 10,000th performance in 1976 20,000th performance in 2000 and it's 25,000th performance in 2018 <laughs> that's pretty impressive isn't it wow um, yeah it, it actually began as a short radio play it was written as a birthday present for queen mary who was the wife of king george v of course and it was broadcast originally on the 30th of may 1947 under the name three blind mice and what you may not know is it was based on a true case. Ah! Oh. Mm, Dennis O'Neill, who died after he and his brother Terence suffered extreme abuse while in foster care, in, uh, in the foster care of a Shropshire farmer and his wife in 1945. So it was a sad case. Agatha Christie's short story was based on the radio play, but the author asked that her story not be published until the stage play finished running in the West End. Oh. <laughs> so it still hasn't been published in the UK. Um, it has appeared in a short uh, story collection in the United States, uh, but other than that, it has not been published. Um, there's loads of rules around the play, notably that you can't reveal the ending if you're an audience member. Um, and in the, in the United Kingdom, at least, only one production of the play, in addition to the West End production, is allowed to be performed annually. No film adaptation can be produced until the West End production has been closed for at least six months. So I don't know how that was affected by COVID. Mm. It might be interesting to see. 
By the time of Agatha Christie's death in 1976, the play had made more than £3 million, which is about $6 million, I guess. Two of the cast, Mizey Monty and David Raven, made history by performing in the play for 11 years. One member of the cast had performed in every single West End production. <laughs> every single one, and that's the late Derek Guiler. He can still be heard via a recording reading the radio news bulletin in the play to this very day. One prop has also survived from the original West End opening night, which is the clock on the mantelpiece on the fireplace in the main hall. So, yes, had a much shorter run at gonna, the Playhouse. I was going to say, you know, I wonder if you've been in a play for that long that you get kind of so relaxed that you forget things, you know? Sometimes you just get kind of so blasé about it, Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> After I 11 think you years. Then, you kind of make the show your own. I've done a bit of theatre uh-huh. myself, and I think it, it just becomes like a favourite pair of slippers and you just become so it's a part of you yeah. and you, so you don't really mess it up because it's it's yeah. just real for you after yeah. all that time yeah, see I feel like I wonder if you still get the adrenaline rush oh sure yeah. I'm sure oh, you do good. yeah I'm well sure you could do. do I don't know they changed the cast now every year so after that those first two who were in it for 11 years they oh. now make a rule that they change the cast every year every November Oh, okay. So it's a fresh cast. So you only have to do it for a year. Oh, that's, right, that's quite a long run. I would imagine itself. that's a few performances. Yeah, when you think isn't it? most shows are sort of run for, I don't know, 12 weeks or something. Mm. It's plays like this anyway. So, yeah. Um, now, the Playhouse definitely needs your support. It's in need of refurbishment, the Playhouse in Albany Street. So if you want to help the Playhouse, please go along and see any of their plays or events that they've got happening at the Playhouse. You can email them, playhousedunedon at gmail.com. They're actually currently looking for letters of support describing your thoughts and memories of the Playhouse or contributions of photos because they're trying to build a case to uh, get funding to refurbish the place. And, of course, you can also support them by making a donation if you'd like to. So, yeah. And that the Playhouse is run by the Repertory Theatre. Well, it is. And um, I've been kind of doing a lot of work on their programs and investigating kind of their performances and, and looking at you know reviews of very early performances from sort of 1936 and 1934. And I kept coming across the producer of these plays was a Miss Bessie Thompson. And, uh, and I thought, oh. well, I wonder what her deal was. And um, so she was born in, in 1898 and, uh, and you know, she was a teacher and a producer. And then... Um, in 1925, she studied um, in San Francisco and uh, wow. New York. She studied at the um, Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. And, uh, and so she was really interested in Shakespeare. And she was offered a five-year contract with the Stratford-on-Avon Company. But she had promised to return to Dunedin. So she came back to Dunedin in 1927 How to resume wonderful. her teaching career. A woman so, of her word. I like exactly, her. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so she... Um, she conceived the idea for the Dunedin Repertory Society in 1933, and uh, and became producer for um, you know more than 10 years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so she was a pretty amazing woman. So the Repertory Theatre have been running longer than the Mousetrap. It has. Yeah. <laughs> Good on. Go with it. <laughs> yeah. So um, so she died in 1971 at the oh. age of 73. But I did find a great article from the ADT in 1969. Uh, 
when they described, uh, she was described in the ODT as uh, the late Bessie Thompson. So it turns out she wasn't dead at all. So <gasps> oh. <laughs> one of those, the uh, rumours of her death have been greatly, greatly exaggerated. exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> she said, um, I'm very used to my friends telling me that they have arguments with people about my age. Uh, but everyone thinks she's much older than she really is. So, yeah, because she began... <laughs> As an entertainer so young. Yeah. So, yeah, so, but she hadn't died. So, oh, well, I'm yeah. pleased to hear that. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Be a bit oh, of a shock. Story. <laughs> Especially if you hadn't read the paper first well, and exactly. all of these people yeah. are ringing yeah. to check to make sure you're alive. You'd think they would have checked. Yeah. Mind you, there are many examples of that. There is. Yeah. Anyway, time is time is pressing. Shall we have a song? I think so. Um, I have. think it's time for some Crowded House. We haven't sort of played them for a while. Oh, that's we? true. Yeah. yeah so, and it's music um, month still. Just about. It is. Yeah, only a couple of days left. So um, this is Better Be Home Soon by Crowded House. Wonderful. Somewhere deep inside Something's got a hold on you It's pushing me aside See it stretch on forever And I know I'm right For the first time in my life That's why I tell you You'd better be home soon The coats of lies and deception Back to nothingness Like a week in the desert And I know I'm right For the first time in my life That's why I tell you Say no, don't say nothing's wrong 
was Better Be Home Soon by Crowded House. Mm. I saw them play at the town hall years and years ago and uh, and I remember we were sitting up on the mezzanine and Paul Hester, the drummer, jumped up onto <gasps> the mezzanine and walked around the wall like the no way. very narrow top of the wall around the mezzanine. I have never been so nervous because it's a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty... Terrifying, very tight moment. Walker. Yeah. Goodness me. Oh, good man. Yeah. Dinner show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, talking of good men, um, I was fortunate enough recently to be able to interview the artist, local artist, Ron Esplin. Uh, so here is my discussion with him. So when you just, you talked about, you know, the blank page, but when you start the painting, mm. What thoughts run through your mind? What's it like for you, that process? Uh, well, uh, there is there is a process. And uh, frankly, what it is, is you, you bring the whole thing down to its elements. Mm. Uh, so uh, what looks like a crowded space, such as a view across the city here, mm. uh, it is a crowded space. Uh, but I just uh, say, right, one, the uh, peninsula. Two, the harbour. Three, the city. Mm. And then I may consider uh, a road or something like that. But that's where I begin. So then I'll do the sky. And then I'll do the uh, the, sort of the essential uh, makeup of the peninsula. Mm. And then the the blue of the sea or whatever it happens to be. Mm. And uh, then, then, then it's like distilling it down slowly mm. from place to place. But you've already got the, the three main elements yes. in there. And, and then the, you fill the story in. That's in what there. it is, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. I suppose yeah. it's like writing a book, maybe. Yes, that's what I was thinking. It's yeah. often you've got almost a beginning, a middle and an end, and then you fill yeah, in. That's right. Yeah, you've got your structure. Yes. And you sort of know the direction you're going. But right. the story can take you in different places. Is that the same when you're painting? You can, y- yes. you can change direction? To oh, a yes. certain extent. Yes, yeah. quite a lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it can be daunting if you look at it. Uh, you know, people say, my goodness me, look at that detail. Mm. And really, it's not daunting if you just start with a, that, that right. small, you know, those yes. basic yeah. elements and then work your way in, into the thing. Right. It's quite Cause, absorbing. Because for a non-painter, that is very, I, th- I think, goodness, that there, there is so much in that painting. Yeah. Where would I start? I wouldn't know where to start. But I'm not a painter. So, yeah. it's, yes, it's knowing how to break that down. And, yes, yeah. and, you, and uh, there is a... Sometimes I will put those thirds in, mm. uh, just in, in line, so that mm. I can be sure about uh, the placing of, of each of those. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But there's always a context in your in your paintings, isn't there? Well, a good sense of place. The Tiger Boys High School and... Uh, Moana Pool and that particular yeah. one, uh, yeah, they really are the the, the main elements. Mm. That's what you're looking at. And, and and where is it then you start to say, well, anybody who knows Dunedin can see Signal Hill. That's right, yeah. And Mount Cargill, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a little journey. So you see you yes. see the school first and then you and then you take yourself on a journey almost circular. How right almost you circular. are. Yeah. And uh, there are reasons why uh, elements of the painting are in there that stop your eye right. from going. So through the school, uh, if you travel from right to left, uh, mm. the school, then you go down, mm. you hit the, our little man, yes. you follow him down the street, yeah. 
Uh, there's a red roof, and then and that, uh, hopefully you're. The man in the yellow car, or whoever parked the yellow car, is not very good at parking. No, it was a, a well, wait. <laughs> you're right, yeah. Yes, I, I have had words with him. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many stories in that one painting. Well, that could yeah. very well be the parking officer coming down the oh, road. It could there. be. <laughs> could be. <laughs> I like. He's a student, I think. Just I think he long is. Long slim legs. And, and he's thinking about the exams that he's right. about to sit. Yeah, and he's taking and thinking, long strides. I shouldn't have stayed up all last no. night and drank all that coffee. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, listeners. Uh, more. <laughs> you need to look at the paintings. More visual things. Yeah. You, you've got a website. People can see some of your paintings. Yes, that's there. right. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the website address? Uh, it's uh, oh, Ron Esplin. I don't know. Well, they can art. search it up anyway. Ron yeah, 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 I wish I should really. Ron no, Esplin artist. It's so long since I, I got that website going. Yeah. Um, oh, well, it's a beautiful website because, and it's very well laid out, and you can see all the different elements of your paintings. So oh, that's nice. So I eclectic. Better, yeah. I better bring it up to date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it not? Well, it, it seems certainly. Um, I enjoyed wading through it myself. Oh, that's I really nice. Did, yeah. um, and you take commissions, of course. Yes, uh, now I enjoy commissions. Yeah. Uh, and what is it, it really puts a a bolt of lightning into into you all right uh, because you you know exactly what you've got to do right. and you've got to produce something that is going to be uh gives them satisfaction for, so you for don't mind having those parameters set around no, what you're going to do no. oh, okay right and i'm quick yes i remember once uh, rosalind gallery rang me and said have you got a painting of uh, the hill out at Palmerston, you know the. Oh uh, yes, for the memorial. The, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, because there's someone from Australia who wants to to buy one. Uh-huh. Uh, because they they're, they're homesick and oh. uh, they wanted to uh, uh, have a painting of Palmerston that's to lovely. remind them yes. of their uh, you know where they'd come mm. from. Mm. And they said, "Have you got one?" I said, "No, but I'll have one by Tuesday." Yeah. And I did. Good on you. <laughs> you don't miss a bit. I took a photograph. <laughs> and it, it went quite, I have sometimes, very interesting, some of the people that ask for a painting. Mm. And one one lady had lost her husband in a logging accident. Oh, no. And uh, she had a beautiful house. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it was. It was out of town. Yeah. And a, a nestling in a, a grove of trees. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I went out to her and looked at the uh, house, took a whole lot of photographs. Mm. And uh, she said she was having to leave the house because it was no longer uh, appropriate for Mm. um, her without a husband Mm. to be in that house. So she was leaving it in a a, uh, state of sadness, really. So I thought, well, I better get this right. Uh, And so uh, I was very pleased with the result. And so was she. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think I think I had it. I talked to them, and I get that background, and I get the, perhaps the feeling of uh, mm. nostalgia that was mm. going to have to be imbued into that painting. Mm. And that's the difference, isn't it? The painting, it has personality and feeling and yes. memory what, that a photograph can't accomplish, can it? Well, well you're right. It's yeah. so dead, you know, yeah. a photograph. Yeah. And uh, I will change things just a fraction to if, if I feel it looks better. Mm. Uh, it's usually uh, impossible to really uh, see where I've done that. Mm. I'll often put a bush somewhere where oh. it, it makes it a lot. Uh, yeah. it, it, it helps that composition. Yeah. Or, yeah. 
Whatever, I'll um, remove a lamppost. Oh, good. Yeah, get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing you do, really. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. So you've been inspired to create tactile art as well. Yes, that's my wife. I'll just explain your partner, Julie Woods, is, um, as we know, is that blind woman who is also yes. a friend of the show and has been on, on, on the radio show with us. How do you approach that kind of an art form? And how is it different creating art with a particular audience in mind, if you do? It's a good question. And I think I've noticed that people say that to interviewers. That's a good question because it gives them time to think. <laughs> oh, OK. You just, you just pause. I'll look out the window. What an excellent question. <laughs> Uh, uh, the fact is that, uh, you know, when Julie and I got married, I um, was at pains, perhaps, is that quite the right word, when birthdays and Christmas came round, mm. I can't give her a painting, necessarily, mm. and I have given her a painting uh, very, very early in the piece, but uh, the the birth of, of uh, Braille art mm. came from my desire to do something that was special for her yes and uh, that painting is actually here mm. uh, because i'm not allowed to sell it I w not that i would oh that's beautiful uh, that was the very first braille art i did this is called uh, vision vision yeah and uh, what the thought that went behind that was with julie she was blind it was an, a sort of a, an anathema really you would say uh, well if she's blind she hasn't got vision and what I noticed uh, with Julie was she had oodles of vision. Mm. She can think things Absolutely. Uh, in her brain that doesn't require yeah. uh, the use of eyesight. Her, her vision is inside her head, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was the, uh, the reason behind mm. that. Stunning. And I mixed the written words with this Braille actually spells vision. And uh, so that was, that was the birth of uh, Braille art. Yes. And uh, it's interesting, to, to, I, did, I did a lot uh, of Braille art, and uh, they sold very, very well, mm. I have to say. Mm. Well, they've, they've, to sighted people, they're beautiful things as well. So it's, I well, when see. the light changes, yeah. as it moves around the room. There's a shadow. On the, yeah, that's right, yeah. it, it, it alters. Yeah. And um, it, it has, it has a, uh, a meaning, because the, 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 I always use the Braille, mm. uh, at the actual words. Yes. So it means that they're, they're O's. The, the little braille bumps uh, have to be O's. I can't think of anything else they can yeah. be. Oh, I see. When you fit them into yeah. written words, they, they form the O of the written word. I That's see right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. um, that uh, sparked uh, an interesting uh, foray. I haven't, I haven't done much just lately, in, uh, but I, often I do something tactile for mm. Julie all the time. Beautiful. Uh, mm. Even you uh, using, I've done her her, uh, her birth date mm. in just in uh, Roman numerals. Yes. Oh, one, that's one, pretty. One V, yeah. one V, mm. you know, through to uh, yes. the year. Yes. Yeah, and something like that. Yeah. Uh, she loved uh, Robbie Burns' poem. A, f a Fond Kiss. Oh, that is a lovely poem. Yes. And uh, yes. so I uh, did, uh, we both love it. And mm. uh, so I wrote that, I did that in, not in Braille this time, just mm. in tactile letters. Yes. Uh, and uh, that was one of the presents that I gave her. That's wonderful. She, she um, Julie, actually, we've travelled together, you know, mm. an awful lot. Mm. And uh, occasional uh, uh, experiences... Uh, have meant a lot, and one of them was uh, 
we went to the Liberty Bell in Washington. Right. Okay. And uh, we were taken in by a great big solid-looking guard. Uh, if anyone wanted to run away, uh, he'd be uh, he'd be onto them. Was he no to time. stop people stealing the Liberty Bell? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Goodness. I'd like to see someone try. Exactly, it's huge. And, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, uh, Julie um, and I went in there, and this guy, this man, we had, there were about I don't know how many there were, about twenty people right. in, in the group, hmm. and he came over and leaned over to me and said, "Do you think uh, we could let Julie?" see the Liberty Bell in her way. Oh, I what a lovely way that, to put it. I said, yeah. that would be wonderful. Yeah. And so he went up to Julie and said, I'd like you to, mm. to uh, meet the Liberty Bell yeah. and, and see it in your way. Yeah. And he opened up the gates, so he told everyone to stand back. You mm. know, it was like a military exercise. Really special. <laughs> Pulled the, um, the barrier uh, out mm. Mm. and took her up and uh, put her hand on the Liberty oh. Bell on the crack. Wonderful. Now, that was really uh, uh, just everybody. You could see it affected everybody. Yeah. Such a wonderful thing to do f mm. uh, for her. Absolutely. And uh, in part of one of the books we've written, uh, I've got a painting of her touching the Liberty oh, Bell. Oh, yeah. how wonderful. And so uh, I searched everywhere for a model of the Liberty Bell. Yeah. And I finally, I finally found one on eBay. Goodness, really? And uh, and I uh, rode away. I got it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just the Liberty Bell, but that mm. was a nice present because you yeah. know it's, it, it would not reminder. only yeah um, mm. brought the bell alive again, yeah. but you can actually feel it and even right. ring it. Yes. Oh, so it rings as well. <laughs> yeah. Travelling. We'll talk about travelling now. Yeah, Travelling's sure. such a big part of your life. And much of your work seems inspired by your visits to other cultures. Is there a place in the world that draws you most? Well, either, there either, is. Either as somewhere just to visit or, or as a muse for your creativity. Well, I think probably uh, I once asked my father uh, a long time ago, where he travelled extensively, and I once said to him, because uh, I was looking for the, the, the answer to the... Uh, uh, the black page. It? Yes, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do they call it? The golden... Uh, Ratio? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I suppose. I'm thinking of uh, the Holy Grail. Yeah. Oh, you know. right, the golden egg. That, that's right. <laughs> so I said, uh, that was what I was looking for because mm. I hadn't travelled a bit at that mm. stage. I said, well, Dad, you know, if there was one place out of all the places that you visited, where would it be? And he immediately said, the Greek islands. Oh, yes. And, uh, of course, uh, he's right. Mm -hmm. You know, the Greek islands are a remarkable place. So immediately when you say ask a question like that, I see Santorini. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, the blue uh, roofs and the white walls. And, yeah, yeah, it's just beautiful. And I think I've been, well, I've been twice to Santorini. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Crete we went to and yes. uh, uh, Mykonos mm -hmm. and uh, Delos, which is uh, fantastic. Oh. Delos has... Uh, mm -hmm. um, one of the oldest uh, of the Greek uh, ruins, oh. yeah, and it's just—that's the only reason you visit that. No one yes. lives on it. Right. Yes. You, just, you yes. go from Mykonos across to Delos. Mm. Well, I think it is. Yeah, that's the island. Mm. And then finally ending up at at uh, Greece, you know, mm. of course. So and we then, just hopped. You're islands. walking through those steps that ancient people have walked. Oh, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, really, you go to the. Uh, uh, to Athens, and you're up there in the Acropolis, mm. and the the the, the rock mm. 
is actually worn mm -hmm. to almost like glass mm. with, the, with the millions of feet that have walked over That's that right. stone. Yeah. And you get a real feeling of the passage of time. Mm. And the connectedness. Yes, to the past. that's right. Yeah, yeah, and you're just one of millions yeah. of tr trod the same path. Mm. Wonderful. It is wonderful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. Uh, it's just the colours are so intense out there too, aren't they? Well, that's true. The, the blue and the white. Light. You yeah. see, I painted like Santorini a lot, but mm. uh, I'm never sure whether I've quite captured it. But uh, I do like Italy. Yes. You know, uh, yeah. and uh, of course. You know, with the streets, even mm. Croatia, yep. the same sort of thing, you know, the crowded, the yes. narrow streets yes. and uh, yes. little di uh, alleyways diving away and people walking and mm. mostly not in cars. No, that's right. We can't get down to the streets. That's <laughs> right. Well, look, it's a lot of so nice tiny. English places like that. Oh, yes, that's Polperó true. and uh, yeah, so yeah. on. Yeah. 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 Stathes. Beautiful. Have you been down? I there? haven't been to the States. That's yeah. one place no, Stathes. S-T-A-I-T-H-E-S, uh, and it's a, a little village in the uh, south of England. I have not been there. Uh, it's by the sea, and oh. it's in, um, uh, where are we, Cornwall. Right, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. I must have missed that one. No, maybe it's a bit further up the coast than that. Yeah, yeah. could yeah. be. Oh, well. I've painted it anyway. <laughs> I'll have to see that. Yeah. <laughs> when we first went to England in 1969, mm. you could drive into Polpera. Oh, could you? Yeah, and of course, the narrow, narrow streets, yeah. you couldn't turn around. But, but cars were smaller then, weren't they? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now you've got to park up the top, mm. like so many of those, and walk down. Yes, because yeah. they're steep. They down, certainly down are, to the yeah. Coast, down to the and sea can, walls, it's you, really... You get the feeling of, you know, the pirates, you know. Yeah. Brandy for the parson, <laughs> Becky for the clerk, four and twenty donkeys, you know, that kind of thing. Pirates. <laughs> What's the one painting you haven't painted yet? Well, um, I've done 2,000, no, 1,300, I think, at this stage. Gosh. And so, uh, and I, I do record them all. I've got them mm. all, uh, I've got them all photographed. Yeah. In fact, uh, one day I got a ring from the Rosalind Gallery and they said, uh, but a painting down here that's been sold... And we think uh, it's yours, but uh, it's not signed. Oh. And so I went down to, mm. to have a look. Yeah. And uh, I looked at the painting. I said, oh, no, no, that's not mine. Right. It was of uh, the, the prettiest village in in, uh, in England, uh, which was, uh, I just can't remember the name of it just uh, at the moment. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, but uh, I had painted that. And uh, I looked at it. And then I looked cl more closely and I thought, Oh, yes, this is mine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You'd forgotten about it. <laughs> exactly. Oh. And the, I re, uh, now that now I know the reason, I hadn't signed it. Mm. I got so excited about it, I think. I'd, I'd taken it down to, to uh, mm. Rosalind to have it framed, and they didn't notice I hadn't signed it. Right. And uh, I also hadn't photographed it. Oh, goodness. And right. I, yeah. I, that's what I do, sign it, mm. photograph it, Put it into my mm. catalogue, and then off it goes. That's you your see. business acumen coming to the fore. You're that's, very organised. That was the know? idea, yeah, but uh, yeah. you know, it just shows you how important it was to do that. Well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, but is there something that you've always wanted to paint that you haven't done yet? Maybe uh, because you haven't been there. 
Well, I, I'd have to have been there, I suppose. Mm. So mm. Uh, there are some places that I that I um, am yet to do. Asia, I haven't really done a lot of paintings of Asia. Mm. Uh, it just it just doesn't quite appeal to me, mm. and also with a commercial probably mind, I don't think people want to buy them. You know. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so they're attracted to uh, the Amalfi Coast or uh, mm. uh, or those um, uh, mm. uh, villages, you know, Cinque Terre, yes. all those little villages along the uh, coast of Italy. Yeah. And uh, if I'm sitting there and thinking, well, will I do one of Beijing? No, do another uh, Italian village. <laughs> right. <'Cause laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a... But uh, Bhutan was a lovely place and I'd like to mm. paint some of that. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of portraits just lately, right? And uh, I haven't satisfactorily done myself yet. Oh, a self-portrait? Yes, mm. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, that's on the agenda. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought uh, my brother had portraits. He, I don't think he ever did his own. He had other people do mm. his uh, portrait, and I have one of those. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, oh, I think you should, that's something you, yeah. you're missing. You got to do that yeah. before you. That's quite Shuffle a unique off. experience, I would think, as a painter, to to look yourself and in know yourself. Eye. Yeah. Yes. Because not many of us really studies ourselves. No, and and you, yeah. what you see may not be exactly uh, yeah. very. Uh, it might not be what everyone else. Meet sees. with your approval. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I actually have one uh, that I did quite a long time ago when I went. I used to go and have a painting with my brother in Christchurch. Mm. Yeah. And we'd just stay in his studio and, and paint oh, yeah. and uh, I, at that time Clark was painting acrylics mm. and uh, I'm, I would say I'm a watercolour painter because I always uh, enjoy the well the joy of watercolour mm. uh, but I had acrylics at, to hand so I did a self-portrait of my, uh, you know at that time in Clark's and so I've got that over, that's over there at the right. moment. I just re rediscovered it just oh. recently. <laughs> You'd forgotten about it. Uh, uh, yeah so uh uh, it was an incentive to say, well, that, that wasn't all that great, Ron. Um, you better do better than that. <laughs> Must try harder. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's oh, true. Well, it'll be interesting to see what you what you see in yourself. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, isn't it funny how you your whole life you look in the mirror and... Uh, yeah, you don't um, really look, do you? No, not really. Although occasionally I've thought, oh, what are you doing here, Dad? <laughs> I do that. I see my mum looking yeah, back at me yeah. and I think, how did she get in there? Yes, that's right. It's <laughs> funny, isn't it? The other interesting thing about that is you, the only way to really do it is with a mirror. Mm. And you're going to paint it the wrong way round. Well, that's right, yes. So yeah. how do you get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't flip it, can you? No. Well, I think you can. Oh, can you? Yes, and right. I've been. Uh, you can do it on the computer. Oh, okay. So I will right. do that. Yeah. Because I think it has to be... It, you see, if you look at uh, Van Gogh, was it his right ear or his left ear? Oh, I don't that's know. true. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just what he saw. Yeah, yeah that's but right. But that's what art is, isn't it? It's what you see. You paint what you see, don't you? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, T Turner said that. So if you see it reversed, then it's reversed. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. And in fact, if you don't see it, mm. uh, equ it's equally valid. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's his name? J.M.S. Uh, Turner. Mm. was painting uh, a ship out on the uh, harbour above mm. the cliffs of Dover yeah. and he became aware of a presence behind him and it was a, a naval captain. Oh. 
Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, he, oh, she looked around because he'd been concentrating. Mm. And the naval captain took his opportunity and said, look, you're painting the HMS Grosvenor there. And there, I'd just like to point out to you, the Grosvenor has over 100 gun ports along that side and you haven't painted any of them. Oh, goodness. And uh, <laughs> right. Tad Turner said, I paint what I see. Yeah. So he didn't see them, so he didn't put he them didn't in He didn't want to see the guns, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we're talking, we're still uh, in and out of lockdown at the moment. How, how did lockdown, you know, the hard lockdown? It was all... wonderful. Oh, you enjoyed it? Absolutely. Yeah. Both Julie yeah. and I absolutely embraced it. Yeah. Because I was working uh, as a heritage guide at Spates. Oh, right. Which yeah. I still do. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it, they had to stop everything down there because they were worried about the going through the, the brewers. They had to keep the oh, brewing yes, going. that's right. So the mm. tours, uh, of course, there weren't people coming anymore, yeah. so they fell by the wayside for a little while. Mm. Anyway, um, it was great because yeah. we were doing a, a book and um, Julie had asked for paintings, to, you know, or um, I, I had already decided what sort of paintings we were going to do. Mm. And it, I'd really got stuck in, and I was doing nearly a, a painting a day, probably. So it's highly uh, for, productive. Yeah. For those, well, yeah. Yeah, I find it quite easy to, to once I get into it. Yeah. But like everybody, you know, procrastination is my flaw, the cause of all my sorrow. <laughs> I'm really going to give it up. I think I'll start tomorrow. How <laughs> <laughs> <Not> true. <laughs> So you, you work quite a bit with, with Julie. You, you yes, yes. Her uh, events and her, oh, her books that she writes. Yeah, and she's What's just it like so, working with your wife? Oh, it's fantastic. She's, oh, good. She's really um, so uh, giving. And uh, mm. uh, I, I've just found life with Julie very um, easy. It's a great partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Mm. And, and uh, the only reason life with Julie is easy is she makes it easy. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the, that's really the, the key to it. Yeah. Yeah. No fuss. No, no, mm. not really. Mm. And you've got a couple of books coming up that Julie's written that you're illustrating. Uh, yes, that's right. There's one called Wonderlust that we're in the middle of at the moment. Right. And that's and about your travels, is that right? It's, um, yes, it is. But oh, uh, it, it's about the seven wonders of the world, mm. yeah, which we set when we were in um, Petra in Jordan. Mm. Julie said to me. This is one of the seven wonders of the world, isn't it? Mm. And uh, naively I said, yes, it is, yeah. And uh, she said, what are the other six? <laughs> well, you know what's coming next, you know. <laughs> so Let's go and find out. <laughs> fortunately, we'd already been to uh, Rome right. and seen the uh, Colosseum. Mm. So we really had only five to, to oh, go. Four, no, three of them are in um, South America. Mm. So uh, we just... Uh, Knocked them off. Yeah. Finished in uh, Mexico at Chichen Itza. Mm. And do you feel they earned their, their title? Well, there are other wonderful places, but mm. I think that book uh, really uh, acknowledges those other wonderful places. Good. Yeah. So uh, besides going to the seven ones of the world, mm. the adventures that we had going there, you know, yes. you can imagine going to Machu Picchu. Yes. And uh, you take the railway to uh, uh, uh Elias de Calento, is it? Uh, I'll get it there. It means uh, hot water, and oh, got, okay. there are some springs there. Mm. Uh, and uh, 
then you you know the journey up to that uh, hidden what what had been hidden away the mm. Machu Picchu and then that staggering uh, view that you get looking across with the uh, the mist hanging over mm. the the mountains and yes. it just takes your breath away mm. Mm. magical mm. it is yeah and funnily enough my mother went there oh okay. uh, in fact they did a lot of those things and I've read the diary notes that she wrote. And she oh, said, I don't, I don't, she said, I don't yeah. know what all the fuss is about. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, don't know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Wasted on her. Yeah. Uh, but she was very uh, well-read, and uh, mm. uh, she uh, had a great feeling for history. Yes. And she told me about the, the Colossus of Memnon. Mm. And uh, I remember going there. I had no idea what Colossus of Memnon looked like. Mm. And uh, they're not... They're not quite as spectacular no. as, as my <laughs> image of them were in my mind, you know. Yeah. But anyway, been but there. But they would have been at one time. Uh, yeah, oh, yes, I'll yeah. say. Well, they were yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the things that the people built and when they didn't have tools. That's and, right. uh, yeah. you, know, you just say the way they put rocks together in yeah. Peru and... Uh, and uh, the sheer size of the things they created. Oh, they had to move yeah. them into yeah. place. and yeah. um, Amazing engineering. and Just yeah. fantastic, yeah. yes. We must have lost a lot of that knowledge, I think. We have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just get a digger. That's right. <laughs> it's not quite the same, is it? <laughs> Doesn't have the same romance. Loses, loses its, yes, romanticism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish you well on all of your travels. Oh, thank uh, you very so much. It's so lovely to hear about them. And, um, it's been Can wonderful talking to you, Ron. Thank you so much for having me. It's been just a it's pleasure lovely. hearing about you and your life. So once again, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Absolute pleasure being able to talk to Ron there. And I've swapped his life around a wee bit. I'm going to play part one next week when we talk about his earlier life. But it was so lovely hearing about his art and how he produces it. And if you want to have a good chance to have a look at his art, you can have a look at his website. Just search up Ron Esplin, E-S-P-L-I-N. And he's got lots of examples on there. Just beautiful. Well, you can come to the library and uh, this is one of his pieces that he generously donated to the library on the first floor of the... Um, it's a harbour view and it's beautiful. Love Indeed, it. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, this one's for you, Ron. This one's called Heavenly Pop Hit by The Chills.
it was Heavenly Pop Hit by the Jewels. And I've had um, their latest album, Scatterbrain, is on heavy rotation at my house at the moment. It's fantastic. It's Good. such a great album. Oh, Good. excellent. Must look at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely worth a listen. It's great. Fantastic. Yeah. So I've um, been, every day I walk past the railway station and I'm kind of been missing it while it's been sort of covered in scaffolding. Yes. And, uh, Looks like a very large lunch at the moment. It does. It's all wrapped up. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and so it made me sort of you know, want to look into who the architect was. So um, it ah. was George Alexander, Tr- Alexander Troop, who was um, mm-hmm. born in London and came to New Zealand in 1884. And... Uh, in, he was nicknamed Gingerbread George Aww. after <laughs> after the style of the railway station. So yeah, so there's um, lots of features that I hadn't sort of known much about, like the um, I've never thought of the height of the clock tower. So it's 37 meters high. Good Seems right. awfully high, yeah. and uh, and so it has three clocks, but it was going to have a fourth, but then. It would have looked over the harbour edge because I guess. Oh, I see. You mean each face. Each face. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So it would have been the harbour edge because yeah. I, you know, the reclaimed land, I guess. Oh, so they didn't see a point in having it. No. Over time. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, but I spend quite a bit of time over the back of that railway station <laughs> <laughs> coming into work, so it would have been quite handy for me. But mm. I guess they weren't really thinking about me. So, um, and the covered carriageway at the front of the station was built to allow passengers arriving and departing and horse-drawn vehicles to remain undercover. Ah, oh, <laughs> right. So yes, makes sense. They really think about that, yeah. And so one of so on the floor of the the main kind of foyer, there's mm. 57 panels made up of mosaic tiles, and so there is. 725,760 half-inch porcelain squares <gasps> manufactured by Royal Dalton in England. Oh, wow. And uh, so in 65, they were doing some restoration and they were going to replace those um, tiles uh, with plain terrazzo, uh, but this caused so much protest oh, that they decided to go against it. Did you Fancy replacing those. Yeah, <gasps> I know. Goodness. So the... Um, the ornamentation of the cherubs and the foliage around the walls, so um, that's Royal Dalton as well, which oh, I didn't wow. realise. Beautiful, yeah. but I've never kind of realised um, what it was made from. And um, in the little stained glass window on the mezzanine, mm. so uh, that was that was made so whatever angle that you're looking at it, the headlight on the top of the train um, is always, you know, looking like it's burning towards you, basically. Oh, like, wow, that's so clever. I know, and yeah. I love that little, that little window. I'm going to have to go so, and have a look and wait for a train to come now exactly. so I can see that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it opened in 1906, uh, and it was opened by Sir Joseph Ward, but it didn't, so the, that was the official opening. Right. But the railway station didn't open for another year after that, so it was opened in oh. 1906, but it didn't actually open. For use, as <laughs> exactly. Such. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that's quite interesting. Yeah, and so I didn't realise that um, Dunedin's first railway station was uh, ran along Lower High Street, um, huh. and so it was the station was a small double gabled building near um, Queen Victoria's statue, and then in 1875. Wow. Um, there was a second station built edging onto Rattray Street, opposite the first station. So, Goodness me, oh, yeah. I'll have to go and have a look and see if we can place where that is. Exactly. And the other thing that oh. I thought was strange was that um, 
I saw a photo of it, of the railway station for the 70s and the the road ran right outside. So, yeah, and then they built uh, the the garden with the kind of knotted garden. Yeah. So that was uh, in the 90s, apparently. Okay. And I thought, oh, that's, that's very interesting. So it's changed quite a bit in more recent times. Then. Yeah. 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 And so I did, yeah, I'd never thought about it being called Anzac Square but it's actually a triangle, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, one of one of those weird little things. But it's a beautiful knotted garden as well. So yeah, it is, and it always looks fabulous, yeah. especially in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's getting a lot of love at the moment. So mm. it's getting the tiles replaced on the ceiling and yeah, on the roof. Yes, and yeah. We look forward to it being open. We have all missed it. It really is. It's part yeah, of the evening, so it's going to be you know twenty twenty three will be when the refurbishment's due to be completed. So yeah. great. I know okay. it's like it first thing in the morning. Like in winter, because the pinky skies behind yeah. it always looks quite spectacular. It is an amazing building, yeah. And, it, and, and as I came down the hill this morning down Stuart Street, I thought it just just doesn't quite look the same with no. all the white plastic on. So it will be <laughs> lovely to have yeah. a beautiful, beautiful station yeah. back. Yeah, it is I think it's one of those things that's appreciated as much by the locals as it is by. I tourists. think it is. Yeah, yeah. When you see yeah. how many photos have been taken. You know, but I, as I kind mm. of wander around, I see people taking photos of it. I do it myself quite often. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's almost as if they had a vision of the future when they built it, because you can see that clock tower, despite all the high-rise buildings, you can still see the clock tower yeah. in most places, can't you? It's just. And oh, I was, there we are. There's Dunedin. I know. And, <laughs> and it must is it the country's longest uh, platform too. So it's oh, is it really? five hundred meters. So I suppose when oh. they had the ID fashion show, so that's yes. what was so amazing about you yeah. know having the longest runway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the most unusual fashion show. Exactly. Venue. Yeah. yeah. I know. I remember. Mm. Um, I was I was at fashion school, and so. One of the things we did in the first year was help yeah. to uh, you know, help backstage in that sh- that show. It yeah. was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a great venue and, yeah. and so cool. And even though it was obviously chilly sitting on the platform, mm. it's just the the whole atmosphere and excitement of, of where it was. It yeah. was so Dunedin, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, and just such a it's, whoever came up with that idea. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's genius, really, yeah, isn't it? Is. It? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. just so iconic, really. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah. they'll be able to use that same venue for for different things in the future it'd be, yeah. be wonderful having it all back up and running yeah. again yeah. yeah fantastic well i think we're just about out of time as we often are <laughs> let's run over a few things before we go don't forget to tune in next week we've we are on at 11 o'clock on monday morning 105.4 fm or 15:75 a.m if you prefer to listen that way we are we have rebroadcast a second broadcast on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock in the evening. Nice evening show there. And don't forget, of course, that you can have a listen to the podcast at your leisure whenever you like from oar.org.nz and look up Recollections Radio and you'll find us there. And you can listen to any past shows as well. There's a whole library of shows you can listen to. And before we go, of course, let's just have a reminder that we have a couple of services that are really helpful for people who are at home or don't have the time or the means to come into the library. We have Home Services, uh, which is a tailored service for those who are homebound. Our wonderful Home Services team do a really great job looking after your reading needs. And if you don't know about them yet, have a look. Home Services is a free service for people who find it difficult to visit our libraries or book buses. 
They provide a tailor-made library service delivered to your door in gorgeous red bags every month. They provide fiction, non-fiction, large or regular print books, magazines, talking books on CD, music CDs and DVDs. You can get more information by calling 03474-3681 or you can email homeservicesdpl at dcc.govt.nz and the friendly team will have a chat with you about what you like to read or listen to and they'll put those wonderful bags together for you. And the other service we have is our Click and Collect service, which we're continuing to run. I think you know all about that one, John. Yeah, so um, if you go onto our website, so if you can't make it into the library um, for some reason or you know, you're know you in a hurry, then uh, we have a service where you can go onto our website and uh, you can just fill in your own details and, uh, and our library staff will pick up your 10 items that um, you know, you'll fill in the form about what you like mm-hmm. and what you want to receive and then you can just zip in and pick it up and uh, if, the, if you have items on hold as well so you can just zip in, pick it up from any of our libraries so you just need to specify what library you want to uh, pick it up from. So convenient if you're busy or you exactly. find trouble parking because yeah. it's quite difficult to park just at the moment. Um, really handy just to be able to pop in quickly, grab your bag and head off out. So yeah. really useful. Well, we have definitely run out of time. I think that's it. So we'll have a, a very a warm goodbye to you all. I hope you have a great day. Goodbye yeah. from me. I'm Kay. And uh, goodbye from me, from me, Jill. Wonderful. Have a good day. Collections Radio. Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you, old and new, of life in Dunedin. Bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive. Thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project. Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.